Welcome to Top of the Tailgate Podcast. All right, welcome in today. We are here with Dalton and James. Uh, Scotty, for some reason, is still delayed on the flight. So um, we'll catch him next time. He's going to be here soon. Today, we're just going to recap the NFL Week 15 matchups. Uh, but before we get into that, I have to mention the abysmal refereeing that we saw this weekend. We saw games with major playoff indications change drastically due to terrible officiating. Is this the the NFL being rigged? Uh, does Vegas have a say in this, or are these just a few bad Apple referees making these calls? What do you guys think? Man, where do we start? Um, honestly, we're going to start on Saturday with that Vikings game. They, it, it seemed like the Vikings weren't allowed to win that game. Like, they had to fight that second half against the entire defense going in uh, against the Colts. Then they had to fight the referees. I mean, that was a... A blatant fumble took him back for a touchdown that they called dead. It, it just felt like this this whole Saturday appearance was just all referees, and you shift onto the Sunday night game. It's a similar story. Or Monday night game, I do apologize. Yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, the Vikings game, they had two calls, two touchdowns that were called back on defense by the same guy that picked up a fumble and, and returned it for a touchdown twice. They were both blue dead, and they were both were blatant fumbles. I just, you know, I really don't understand how people can get to the NFL level and make these terrible calls if it is just lack of being a good official. Um, so I have, it makes me think there has to be some sort of trying to throw these games in, especially with the roughing the passer penalties that we saw this year. Um, just a big uptick in penalties. I think possibly that the refs aren't getting paid quite enough. So they're hedging some bets with Vegas and having their buddies put it in and saying, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean this one this way as hard as I can. And we're going to cover the spread, you know, it, it'd, it'd be a lot easier to make money betting if I had a say on how the game turned out. That's all I'm going to say. I, I won't go as far as say it's that drastic just yet. I'm not, I'm not going to go guns blazing and start conspiracy theory, but I will say, I think there's limitations to being on the field and using your human eye for a judgment for a multi-billion dollar corporation. At some point you have to go and do what what's done globally with soccer and start getting your technology that we spend these billions of dollars in in the NFL and get it integrated. How come we just still don't have that that touchdown line? Have you seen that in soccer? If it crosses the goal, that the actual soccer ball has a chip in it that will sense it when it goes through to decide whether it was an actual goal or not because there's limitations to the human eye. Why do we not have that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand why we don't. There definitely should be a chip in the ball. I mean, there's always going to be judgment calls in the NFL, but I think there should be – Definitely eyes in the sky and New York being able to come in and make some make some executive decisions on those judgment calls whenever they're blatantly wrong. Oh, absolutely. If there was some type of happenstance where you can kind of refer back to New York and say, hey, was this a foul? Maybe giving the coaches an option to challenge a penalty once per game, kind of use their challenge flag for that. Um, I mean, how many times did we see uh, New Orleans screwed out of a Super Bowl because of that? Mm-hmm. It's happened time and time again. Looking forward, though, I mean, the Vikings, you know, that that game, they, the refs were definitely against them. Shoot, they were down 33 at the half, and they still came back and clawed their way back to a win. In my opinion, that was a that was one of those games that they're going to reflect back to deep in the playoffs. And, you know, when they're when they're down, because everybody's going to be down at some point in the playoffs, they have their back against the wall. They're going to reflect back to that game. And that's going to be the difference maker late in the playoffs. And that's why I think that they're going to make a really deep push this year. It was definitely impressive what was done, to say the very least. Just to come back 33-0 at halftime, that is that is monumental. And, I mean, as of right now, there are three guarantees in life. There's death, 
Texas, and Matt Ryan can't finish in the fourth quarter. Those are the only three guarantees you get in life. And uh, I will say, going back onto this Minnesota thing and then pushing in the playoffs, they have a lot of things to tighten up. That offense looks tremendous. You had Kirk Cousins with 460 yards. K.J. Osborne led the team in receiving this week with 157. Like those are, those are key players that you need to step up when you're making this playoff push. What you don't need is 33 points put on you at halftime. Right now, the Vikings are allowing a touchdown on 57.1% of all the drives in the past five games. 57.1. That's the highest in the league right now. That's absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. They have a good run stop defense, but man, teams are able to pick them apart past yards. Yeah, that's not okay. They're just used to scoring too many points, but everybody knows defenses win championships. So then after that Vikings-Colts game, I mean, definitely amazing one, one for the history books, greatest comeback of all time, et cetera, et cetera. The closest game to that one, in my opinion, was that Giants-Commanders one. And I bring it up because that was another one that the refs blew. Um, I mean, the Commanders were driving towards the end of the game, and it just it, it felt like everything was against them. You know, they got inside, inside the one-yard line, hand the ball off to uh, Brian Robinson. And you can visibly – you can visibly see the ref on the sideline saying that Terry McLaurin is on the line when he needs to be and um, like confirming with him. And then as soon as the play snapped, we caused a penalty anyways. It just feels like that's one of those calls. It's not affecting the play and it can't be called in that situation. It just can't. So I don't understand how anybody, anybody can even reason for that one being acceptable. I heard the, the commanders are actually looking into it legally now because that directly affected the, the game from there. They didn't score that touchdown, but they were a touchdown in a, two-point conversion away from tying the game and going to overtime. So that one was definitely a heartbreak for the commanders, but a great game to watch overall. Yeah, no, that was that was terrible to watch just to see. He was reaching for that flag before he even, like, the play even started. Like, he was calling that penalty no matter what, and it just hurts to see them, like, lose because of that and so blatantly. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of them I just can't – I can't make myself understand it. James – I know you've been wanting to talk about this one all day. What was your favorite game of the week? The fucking Jags. Oh, man. It felt so nice. Everyone doubted them. I mean, some of y'all even took took the Cowboys by 14. <laughs> and they, they just do it. I was going to say, I do recall Noah saying a 14-point spread. Yeah. I mean, good thing I didn't put that in on FanDuel. Either way, I took the Cowboys and they lost. So either way, it's a loss. But props to you because that was a hell of a bet. Yeah, that was that's their second signature win. That and the Ravens has given me hope that I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take a huge step. I think he might even be in the MVP running next year. If he continues this trajectory that he's on now, I could see that. It'd be hard to argue against that with what he's done the past few weeks. I think he still definitely has a lot to prove. Um, but I mean, he's getting he's getting out there. He's using his legs, and he just looks like he's a dog. You know. He's, He's definitely got that dog in him, and he's going to do what he can to win any game that he's in. So, I mean, shoot, he came back from from behind. What were they down? Two or three scores in this game? Yeah. And, I mean, it's hard to believe that someone like you who's so uh, big on potential hasn't called him a Hall of Famer yet. I still think that he is going to be a flop for what they were calling him when he was coming out of college. I don't think he will live up to his height pre-draft. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a tall order for anybody, but 
I mean, I can't, I can't really count his Urban Meyer year <laughs> into what he's showing this year. I will grant you this one scratch from the record. And if you do that, what is what has Trevor Lawrence done? I mean, he didn't lose a game before this career, really. Now he goes over here. He's with Urban Meyer. He takes an L that season, but now he's producing again. He's on the roll again. All this guy does is win. So I will give him his credit there. Although I do think this game wasn't won by Jacksonville. It was lost by Dallas. Bear with me here. I've said it before on this podcast. Dak Prescott is a game manager. You cannot rely on him to win the game on those crucial downs. He is a game manager. And what happened? Two absolutely horrible throws. And I know what the statistics say, that he's got this wonderful completion percentage, that he's got a great QBR rating. When you're throwing to Dalton Schultz 80% of the game on five-yard dropouts and throwing high balls to C.D. Lamb the majority of the game, when it comes time to actually thread a window and put it in there to places where your guys can only get it, where you can win the ball, where you can maintain the game and you can't rely on your running game, he threw two interceptions and lost to Jacksonville. That game is lost by Dallas. They're doing great this season. I mean, in the last five games or four games alone, Dallas rushing game between Zeke and Pollard has 732 yards and 11 touchdowns. They get the lead early and they maintain it. The one time that a team bites on their tail, he fumbles. He can't keep up to the height. Yeah. Dallas lost that game. Yeah, they, I would definitely say Dallas lost it more than the Jags won it. But I don't want to take away from what Trevor Lawrence is doing right now. He definitely is. It seems like waking up. You know, he's definitely waking up from, from being asleep the last couple of years. Definitely Dak hasn't lived up to his contract so far. I'll say that. $160 million. Yeah, you got to finish games at that point, man. Oh. You have to. Yeah. I mean, speaking of people not living up to their contracts, um, this Pats and Raiders game with this insane ending, does Jacoby <laughs> Myers have a job come next week after that? abysmal play where he throws the ball across field Raiders guy catches it stiff arms Mac Jones into the dirt and runs for 50 yards for a touchdown to end the game does he have a job in the Bill Belichick ran team you know you 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 finish there with the most important part Bill Belichick the do your job guy don't do anything extra do your job go home do your job that's what you get paid to do so I would love to hear that conversation in the locker room with him with Bill Belichick when he finished. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. I think I would have paid a stupid amount of money to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Yeah, no, that one. <laughs> I mean, if it was any other team, I'd say he'd be in the doghouse for some weeks. But Bill Belichick team, you don't fuck up like that. Mm-hmm. Literally handed the game to them on a silver platter. And I can't remember who caught it. But oh my Chandler Jones. Chan oh well fitting. Chandler Jones with the massive stiff arm on Mac Jones. I, I hope Mac Jones is on ice in his face. I think he might have went through his face mask. I have never seen a catch more premeditated. Like he knew that ball was coming for him because as he was catching, he was already pulling away for that stiff arm. He was he was ready to go. And I think it was a defender's dream. You're catching a pick. Last second of the game. Literally, the clock is at zero. You're catching a pick. Well, I guess it was a fumble recovery, but you're catching the ball in the air. You see nothing but the quarterback standing between you and the end zone. And it's Mac Jones as the quarterback we're talking about. <laughs> it's not Josh the Allen. The part about that is Mac Jones is 
didn't try and interrupt the a catcher, try and keep the ball on the ground. He tried to take a secure tackle approach. He squared up with him. He dropped low. He was ready just to get thrown in the dirt. Man. I know that had to have been the most embarrassing moment. <laughs> that was a rough day in Oklahoma. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I will say he, he took it really well. At the press conference, he was so apologetic. Didn't blame me when he was like, hey, I should have tackled him. My bad. It's like, <laughs> damn, okay. I mean, next yeah, no, time, just like sl- like roll into him. Like, just roll on the ground into his feet. Maybe that'll work better. He'll be in the Tuesday morning tackling drills. <laughs> no more red jersey for him. <laughs> hey, Dawn, last week you had a ton to say about how the Texans might be a better team than we're giving them credit for. I think they showed that again this week here against the Chiefs. I mean, they held on the entire game. Kept it really, really close. Chiefs had to really come come with one of those, you know, dig from deep down type of games to come away with the win. Do we think the Texans are better than their record shows? I mean, they're they're sitting at one and twelve and one right now. I mean, absolutely. I I think Houston's playing a lot better than some of the teams in the NFC South. Like the this is a team that's. I mean, granted, they did slump at the beginning of the season. They're expected to be the worst, and they fell into that slot. I think they've had enough. I think that defense is finding a way to stand up. Holding Kansas City to 30 points with an overtime game, like that's those are impressive feats. For Houston to still put up 24 points against Kansas City, that's an impressive feat. This is a team that's coming out, and they're wanting to win. They're want, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're wanting to end people's dreams of going to the playoffs right now. And Houston is a dangerous team if you sleep on them. I do think they have success in years. I think they got coaching. They don't have all the pieces right now, but they're doing everything they can. Offensively, how do you, or defensively, how do you game plan for a team who has two different QBs who you don't really know is coming in on what crucial down you got the passing quarterback running the ball you got the running quarterback passing the ball I think they're doing a lot of stuff very well and takeovers are huge and who's yeah I mean and they have one of the best rookie running backs we've seen in a while and and uh, Damian Pierce so um that's another good thing to say about their future for sure I think going into next year it's going to be a, a lot different team out there in Houston and if I'm not mistaken, they have a crap ton of picks from that uh, from that trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think they're projected first overall right now. Are they? Yeah, that could be nasty if they get their hands on on one of these quarterbacks coming out in the draft. I mean, I know they're not doing well. They're not doing great as far as records concerned, but they're playing some competitive football with Davis Mills. But I definitely think if they get their hands on a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, then things could definitely flip for them pretty quickly. I mean, just next year alone, they've secured two first rounds. So if they're projected for the first of the first round, they also have a Cleveland Browns first rounder, which currently sits at number 12. Ooh. I mean, if they didn't have Damian Pierce right now, I could say they could go for B. John Robinson out of Texas and then have a nasty backfield. But, shoot, they can do some work up front if they have that 12th pick because they don't, they don't really need another running back at this point. There was, um, there was one other game that I wanted to hit on. Um, one other game that was a really good one. We had a crazy great weekend of football, uh, Saturday and Sunday. But the Bills-Dolphins game up in Buffalo, a snow fest. It wasn't as bad as some were expecting, but it got worse as the game went on. And I think that showed in who ended up winning the game overall. End score, 29-32. Bills came out with the win. This didn't convince me that the Bills were the better team here. I think this was a very, very good game. I think they, they're one and one with each other on the season so far. Um, I would love to see this matchup later on possibly, you know, second round in the playoffs. What did you guys think of this one? Did you guys get a chance to watch it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
First of all, I want to start off by saying, doesn't it feel like Buffalo is America's team in a way? Don't you feel like everybody is circuitly rooting for Josh Allen by the just the love that he has for the game and his teammates? Every time I watch him, every time, I fall a little bit more in love with this Bills team and what they stand for. Yeah, yeah, it's nitty-gritty football, and Josh Allen will put his dick on the table to make that team oh, win. Oh, absolutely. So, so, I mean, those were the huge games of the week that I really wanted to discuss. But we did have the um, the 15-leg parlay. Actually, this last week it was a 16-leg parlay um, that we put on. And um, you guys, I, I honestly, I just want to take a second and say fuck you to both of you guys. Because um, you guys said I wouldn't get more than eight correct. And um, I stand right here probably saying that I got 10 correct this week. So, um, you know, minor setback for a major comeback. And, you know, I didn't win. But it was definitely a lot more competitive, and I took great pleasure in taking five dollars from both of you guys. That said, I know I didn't win, and props to James for coming out on top again. So, so two things in that one, like let's let's take a step down there, but you got ten points because the Monday night game counted for two. You got nine, so you got one above. You got right there above that fifty percent line. Um, but not James. Listen, man, you're on fire. Yeah, man, it just feels nice. Still undefeated. I'm I'm ready for some challengers up here. You know, it's getting kind of lonely. We'll try again. <laughs> hey, next listen, week, we we've been one game apart on every single one of these. If if any of those games slipped, if you know Dallas doesn't throw a pick and Jacksonville doesn't win, that's a completely different different game. Just know I'm I'm right there in your tail. You're gonna slip eventually. You're gonna bet on Jacksonville, lean a little too hard, and what happens? Like a New York upset. Man, I can smell it. I know I've seen FanDuel had the odds at plus 100 for the Jags beating beating the Jets. And um, I already heard a little bit out of James's mouth. He seemed pretty excited about that. So I think that one could be a trap game for him. I'm rocking with Jacksonville right now. I, Mike White's not back, and I don't have trust in that New York team. Their run offense looks great, but just just not now, not, not this Thursday. I yeah. see the start of a believer in the Jags. <laughs> I'm never going to discredit what the Jags have going on. But whenever you're playing New York, I'm I'm probably gonna keep you a nice little favorite. Yeah, I'm not gonna say anything really good or bad about the Jags right now. I was I was talking trash about them. You know, they've given me enough proof that they're that they're a decent team in this league and that they have a good future for me to shut my mouth this week. We'll see what they do against the Jets. I'm still not willing to put my money on them, but um, you know, next week we'll have a different conversation. That's going to wrap up this episode of Top of the Tailgate Podcast. As always, thanks for listening and see you next time.